Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Caught! Touchdown! Kansas City! Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. And welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the show here. Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, joins us on Sports Daily. Dan, the bye week is behind us. The trip to Germany is behind us. And now as we look forward, we get... The big one, the Eagles, the Super Bowl rematch, two teams that, you know, have a lot to say with this game and how it turns out. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you, Jake? We're good. We're good. How could you not be with that game looming? I mean, it's good, too, that apparently it's good that the Chiefs didn't play last week because it was a bloodbath for the top teams. Yeah, how about that? And, you know, I think it was really difficult last night. I'm a little hungover from rooting for Denver because that's tough, man. It is really tough to root for a a team in your division, but they took care of business. Albeit uh, a strange ending, all that matters is they knocked the Bills down one more peg, so that's helpful. Appreciate, Appreciate the help by them. Yeah, they sure did, and they're playing much, much better. I, I, I thought that they had as much to do with that as Buffalo playing poorly. But, you know, we look at this. I, I've said for a while that I'm not, like, whatever happens with the Chiefs, if they're playing that level of defense and they have Mahomes and Kelsey in the playoffs, I'm not going to worry terribly. I will say, though, this is kind of the one where they need to get some of it right offensively and in the passing game because Philadelphia has has sort of let teams do that this year. This one does maybe feel, not just because both teams are really good, not just because it's the Super Bowl rematch, because it is an opportunity now with the bye week and against this defense for the Chiefs passing game to make us feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, I mean, you're you're going up against the other top team in the league, the whole league, right? It's it's the Chiefs and the Eagles right now. And, and so you're going up against what is arguably the best or second best team in the league against yourself. That means that they're they're going to be playing all three phases well. I think it's incumbent that we have to play all three phases as well. I do think it's interesting with the Chiefs' offense. I've always kind of – Coach will always talk about things being a tick off or, you know, just a, a smidge, I think, as he calls them. Uh, I did – in looking back at the, the Germany game, 
there were a number of those instances where if they cleaned up, it would have meant another score or two. And the Germany game was a good game, right? But the you talk about the offense being taking getting returning to its form, let's say, right? They need to take that step at some point in late November or December. Why not do it against the Eagles this week? I mean, I don't know what all they've got going coming back from from vacation, where their heads are at, but I would, would suspect Coach Reed is going to focus these guys to do just that because I think the more quickly we can return to that form, the more muscle memory will be to take into the playoffs, which is ultimately where you're going to – it's going to be required. And, and in a sense, you're playing a playoff caliber team, a Super Bowl caliber team, so if you don't do it this week, you're going to end up with an L, and, and why forfeit that if you don't have to, right? Well, yeah, and, and again, like I don't want to overreact. Let's say they play poorly because this last week showed us that nobody is just really, really good. I mean, I, think th- I do think the Chiefs are the best of the group because I think you've got Mahomes combined with that defense. But there's not anybody that's making this easy on us to, to sort of power rank, especially in the AFC I mean, you see the Bengals lose at home. You see Buffalo lose at home. Uh, Jacksonville is a loser again. Baltimore gives up a huge lead. Like uh, those teams that are in there are going through some of the same struggles, albeit in different ways. So I, to me, like I just want to see it like strategically from an X's and O's perspective. Can they pass on a team that's let teams pass on them? But I, it's going to be the Chiefs for me at the end of the year if they're healthy. I mean, it just is because yeah. nobody else is coming and taking it. But I think, you know, to your point, the the league right now, this season in particular, seems to have this incredible amount of parity. You're talking about the Denver Broncos, who started 1-5, I think, uh, beating the Buffalo Bills. I mean, nobody would have placed a parlay or any kind of bet on that uh, at, at any point. Uh, not Maybe after they beat the Chiefs, it'd be like, hey, you know, maybe they're fixing things. But I don't think you would say – I don't think you'd be gutsy enough yet. And I realize the bills are broken too. You know, there, there's something going on. But I, I think that something that's going on is, is exactly what you said. I thought with the Chiefs' loss to Denver, the same as the Bills' loss to Denver last night, was a lot about Denver's defense. They're turning the ball over. They're forcing errors. And so I think if, if Denver's defense continues to play the way they're playing, we might actually have another opponent in the AFC West, which is unfortunate, but <laughs> kind of the name of the game. Uh, Chargers always tough. Denver hasn't been tough, but that defense, if they keep playing the way they are, they are going to make wreak havoc. And so I think across the league, you have to give some of the bottom teams credit for the lack of success of these top teams. Maybe not always. You know, Josh Allen just seems to be a little bit – it seems to be like he's different than what he was. I think, you know, you saw Burrow early in the season injured. You saw a number of guys, you know, uh, Arizona faltering with Kyler Murray out and all this. So I, I do think that, you know, it, it puts a lot of pressure on the on the really good teams, these bad teams being better than just, I mean, yes, statistically they're bad or their their records are bad, but they're playing better football than probably what their records indicate. And consequently, it makes the, the teams, the tough teams, the good teams that they're playing look not as good. I think that's the case in the Denver game. I thought that was the case last night with the Bills game, uh, the Denver Chiefs game, and, and then again last night with the Bills-Denver uh, game. So I, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season – 
to me, you know, I always say September's kind of a liar. October's where everybody's figuring things out. November, it's starting to, you know, things are starting to shake out. And by December, it's pretty clear who's going to make the run. Well, I think that we know the Chiefs and Eagles are going to be there. So it's really the rest of the pack behind us at this point, how that's going to shape out. Chiefs need to just continually, and even if it's slowly, Jacob, I think, take that next step to get ready for postseason form. Well, I do too. I mean, I think that Mahomes is fine, right? But but look at this. This is what's crazy with quarterback this year. Like, I, And I'm looking at like MVP, and Mahomes is still the odds-on favorite. But I'm watching a guy like C.J. Stroud, and what's crazy about it is yeah. Stroud, Stroud's had a better year. Stroud is, I mean, I, I it, it sounds blasphemous, and I don't intend it that way. But it's a weird year. You could say C.J. Stroud's playing better than Patrick Mahomes, and I don't I'll like. I don't know. Bit. I don't know what that means, yeah. but it's just been a weird year at quarterback. I'll jump on that bandwagon as well. And in fact, my AP and I were talking two days ago. Well, on Sunday, C.J. Stroud right now, in my opinion, is more valuable to the Texans than probably Mahomes to the Chiefs. I don't know. I, I, I mean, we don't. Have, I we agree. haven't seen. We haven't seen it's so, crazy. and that's what the MVP is about, right? So, look, Mahomes right. is definitely important. I mean, every quarterback's important to their team, and but Mahomes hasn't been necessarily the reason we're winning this year for the Texans. Stroud is, and man, they look good Sunday. I, I was, they look good. Uh, it was weird to watch, you know, to see them all of a sudden kind of really. So he and he's been playing that way all year. I know he battled. There was a little low point in there where he was battling some injury, but his stats are really good. And I think as it, as the Texans, as C.J. Stroud goes, the Texans go. And I, I don't know if you can say that about Mahomes with the way the Chiefs defense is playing. So when we, when we talk about what it is for them in a bye week, and we know Andy Reid after a bye week, I, it, it does feel different, though with what we'd normally be talking about coming out of a bye week. It's that he, you know, he can set up so many plays and all this, but this is a bye week that almost feels like early, like before the season starts a bye week to get more reps and, and try to help the young players get better. It doesn't feel like a normal bye week to me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I, you know, I would agree with that. I'm not, I hadn't really thought about it till you just verbalized it, but, and I'm sure some of that's the, the Germany game, the hangover from the Germany game. For me in particular, I stayed in Germany, as you know. So I don't feel like I really had quite the normal buy. Whether the players feel that way, I, I know Travis Kelsey went to, you know, Argentina. So I'm sure he's got a little bit of jet lag in him as well. But I just always – Coach Reed is so good about having them focused. And, and for Reed himself – I don't think he probably would have allowed, you know, too much variation in the routine for the bye week from his coaching staff. Obviously, players are out of the building. But when they return today, it'll be interesting, you know, as they sit back down just to kind of get a vibe for where everybody's at. Because you're right, it, it doesn't quite feel that way. I, and I'm, it should. I don't, it just doesn't. All right, let's talk about the Eagles matchup, specifically Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. You can hear that Chiefs Radio Network uh, with us here in our Odyssey family each and every week. The Eagles are interesting. Um, they, they, they don't really allow much on the ground. They give up some stuff through the air. Their offense is obviously dynamic. What do you is, – is, 
Like when we look at AJ Brown, who's been as close to unstoppable as there has been in football this year, is that like a McDuffie assignment? What does history tell us with the way Chiefs play in the secondary? Do they assign McDuffie to him, or can the Eagles move him around and, and create the matchups on their own? You know, I think both teams can do that, but I, I do think the with Spagnolo, he disguises so many things. <clears throat> I think ultimately they'll try to to shade, they'll try to rotate. McDuffie on on AJ Brown, but I think the problem with it is that uh, sometimes when you're disguising those defenses in the beginning, you get stuck. Right? You can't. You either give your hand away, or you got to sit there and until the snap. And sometimes that's not fast enough with a guy like Brown. So I think the the they're going to want the preponderance of McDuffie on him. McDuffie's just playing too good. I mean, what he did with Tyreek Hill was unfathomable especially after the little you know twitter the, <laughs> the trash talk that uh that Tyreek Hill put out before the Germany game but i feel like you know he's just playing at a level where he deserves you know top corner discussion and there's a lot of good ones right but he's yeah. you know, he's on he should be on the list and so for the chiefs you got to put him on your best guy in my opinion uh, the Eagles will take advantage of you if you don't. And so I think one of the things about the Eagles, they feel like uh, Drago in a Rocky movie, man. They they just have the ability to punch you hard right when it hurts, and and both and that's on defense and offense. You know, the, the whole tush, push, brotherly, shove, whatever they call it, that is so demoralizing to a defense, you know, when you know exactly what's going to happen. You know you know exactly what's going to happen, and you can't stop it. And you can't stop uh, it. Th- that's tough, man. That's tough to swallow. I know these linemen are proud about, you know, not giving an inch, and, and to give a yard when you know exactly how they're going to try to accomplish it is is a really tough thing on defenses. But I, I think they hit you with that. when it, You know, they keep drives alive at the most opportune times, and then offensively they'll strike on you, man. I mean – they're running. They'll run the ball, and the, just as soon as you try to sh- shut down whatever they're adjusting to, they adjust and and take advantage of you. So I really think it's a bend and don't break philosophy for the Chiefs' defense this week. I, I don't always say that because I, I mean it, it. It is always that to some degree, but at some point you got to go for the jugular. You know, I mean, to, I don't know if these metaphors are really appropriate, but you you, you want to at some point just clamp down and and say, all right, you're no longer in control. We're in control. We'll take the ball. We'll push you off the field, whatever. And so for a, a team against the Eagles, I don't know you can do that. I, I just don't think you can say, all right, we're going to stop you. So you've got to, like, slow them down. You've got to minimize how much they accomplish on you because you're going to have to keep up with them. Yeah, and you have to score. That's why That's why I like the that's test right. for the Chiefs because they're going yeah. to have to. You can't, even against the Dolphins, they could coast into a win there. I agree. I, I don't think that's going to be on the table for the Eagles. You brought up the tush push. I, I think it's interesting, and I know this is a question for Chiefs fans and one you've probably heard a thousand times. The Chiefs have Blake Bell on the roster. The, like, the guy that sort of seems like he is designed for a play like that as much as the Chiefs struggle in short yardage, how can you not steal that play and just let Blake Bell take it under center? I mean, he did that for yeah. for years in college. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, right? Because you you 
you'd say, okay, you, Bell's a quarterback. He's obviously they're doing a tush push. Well, that's exactly what the Eagles are doing. It's not like right. they're disguising You're not disguising it. anything. So, yeah. That's right. If if you give up on that fact, say, okay, we don't care if you know what we're going to do. We're just going to be good at doing it. Uh, and, and it doesn't risk your quarterback, which I think to some degree, like I'm, I'm, I realize I'm putting words in Coach Reed's mouth here, but to some degree, I think we don't do the quarterback sneak like other teams simply because of what happened in Denver a few years ago when Mahomes got hurt. Whether that's a Mahomes, I don't want to do it. I can't imagine that's the case. Uh, I think it's more a, hey, we don't want to put our our valuable player, you know, at the bottom of a pile. Well, then move Bell into it. It's a good, it's a good idea, man. I, I, I think you should get some credit for that play call. Do it. He's, he's the belldozer. Before there was the tush yeah. push, there was the belldozer. Like, that was his thing. And, and you know, so I and I get, like, not letting a running back get under center and take a handoff because they've never done it before. Blake Bell's done it over his career. That's what he, that's what made him famous. I, I keep watching that, and I know they're not going to do it. I don't know what it is that that changes that philosophy on short yardage for the Chiefs. Uh, I, I just it's it just screams at me every time I see the Eagles play like one. Why doesn't everybody do it? I know why the Chiefs don't do it, because they're not going to let Mahomes get in the middle of a scrum like that. But you probably have somebody that would that would challenge Jalen Hurts as far as effectiveness there. At least, you know, history tells us that Jalen Hurts has been an interesting quarterback this year. Um, you know, historically, the Chiefs have struggled to some degree against running quarterbacks. Has that been the case this year? I don't recall off the top of my head. Let me just think back. Yeah, really, we haven't played a lot of. They've, uh, I, yeah, it's yeah, it's not glaring this year like it has been in years past. Uh-uh. But I can't remember if it's because they've done better or because I mean, you look at it, they really haven't played. I mean, they played Justin Fields, I suppose, um, and and just yeah. smashed the Bears. Never gave them a chance. Yeah, but that's that's pretty much it. So how much of that I wonder do you have to look out for with with Hertz this year and something they haven't really seen yet. Well, I thought it was interesting last night. I don't know if you caught the Manning cast of Monday Night Football, but Mahomes was a guest on there, and he was talking about how this year they finally teams are starting to put a spy on him because they realize before when they look at it on tape, he says uh, my running looks kind of goofy and I'm not, I don't look real fast, but I'm faster than they think or I'm faster than the tape shows, and so they've started to to spy him. I think to some degree you got to do that with a guy like Hurts. He's just too athletic, man. Uh, you know, if if you give the ball, if you give the opportunity to Hurts, he's going to hurt you more than he's going to, you know, help you. And so I, I feel like they, they've got to do something to kind of keep him contained, right? Force him to to be just a tick off and not uh, let him get into a groove. And the only way you do that, in my opinion, is to, to spy him at least part of the time, especially in critical downs. Uh, but he is a guy I think that is going to, you know, I think it going into this game, fans should expect he's going to have 20, 30 yards rushing. You just hope it's not at a, a you know, critical time. Yeah, it, I, I, it, what do you think of receivers? It felt like a little bit of a progress by Sky Moore, and, and we can end with this. He made a couple of plays that you liked, and then, of course, the offense went stale. It, it, are we getting any progress out of these young guys? We know Rice is, but any of the others? Yeah, you know, I, I want to say just for the sake of my own sanity, I want to say yes because I just was 
you know, I clicked the ballpoint pen to sign on my sign off on giving up with Sky Moore. I just, you know, I feel like my patience is running out, and maybe that's just me, and maybe the coaches are seeing something that I'm not seeing there. But ultimately, it's a results-oriented business, and what you do on the field on game day is what matters most. And we weren't seeing that, and so it was really good to see him be a little productive in Germany. And and so yeah, I want to say he's improving, but. Man, that room's still got more people in it, and, and more of them need to – if everyone take just one step up like that, you know, Sky yeah. makes a couple of good passes, and then next week it's, you know, Rice or MVS, and I, I still am just waiting for MVS to just play, dude. I mean, he's such a big guy, and you know, he's such a tall receiver, and I, I just want him to get in a groove and get going. I realize the, the Coach Reed offense really isn't that way. It's, it's a spread the ball kind of around. But dude, he gets open, and he's got to be ready for whatever. You know, these the dropping the passes, uh, fumbling. It just—he's better than that. So, uh, yes, getting better with Sky Moore, but the rest of them need to get better as well. Still more work to come, I guess. It, well, and it's going to need to be there because Philadelphia is a smart team. If you know, yep. as much as anything else, they've seen what Denver and Miami did the last two weeks. You take Kelsey away, and the offense can't do anything. Uh, which yeah. is what you know that's what Philadelphia is going to start with uh, defensively. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see if the Chiefs can finally make that adjustment. Maybe the bye week will help. Dan, we really appreciate it. What do you guys have coming up on the broadcast this weekend? It's, uh, we're well, a little I guess early it's this Monday. Week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a little early, so we haven't locked much down yet. But, you know, the, the nice thing about the Monday broadcast with the half hour start, it gives us a little extra window. That gives us the time to, to do something creative. So we'll have something good for you. Okay, you'll catch it on the Chiefs Radio Network right here with us on the Odyssey family of networks. Dan, we appreciate it. Good luck this week, man. This one's good. I guess we'll, yeah, no, we'll have you, we'll have you right in the aftermath of that thing. You know, it's going to be a crazy great game. We appreciate it. We're yeah, yeah. To it. I think the one thing, Jacob, you can be assured of is this is going to be a Super Bowl rematch. It's going to be a game that's where you see a lot of quality football being played in all three phases, and hopefully by both teams. Yeah, I, I I think it will be. They're they're both well coached. All those things, Dan. We look forward to it. We'll appreciate it. We'll talk uh, talk next week. Thanks, Jacob. Go Chiefs. There goes Dan Israel. Uh, man, I, that game. I don't. I, it's gonna be. It's gonna take some time to really try to get a grasp of how that goes uh, or or what we think will happen. I think it's all on the table. I think it's unpredictable. I do think it'll be close. I think it'll be awesome, and uh, you can hear it with Dan right here on the Chiefs Radio Network. All right. Uh, we will come back and we'll talk with Shreya Zlatas, our KU Insider. We'll give away some more movie tickets before the end of the program as well. If you can't get enough Chiefs content, by the way, you can check out Fansided's Arrowhead Addict, a Kansas City Chiefs podcast free on the Odyssey app. Follow Arrowhead Addict on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. We'll come back. More Sports Daily right after this. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily. We're getting Shreya Slaughter right now, our KU Insider. We'll have that for you in just a second as we get ready for uh, a big weekend. Well, a big night for KU, Tommy. I mean, come on. Champions Classic. You're still 
going back after Kentucky and the wins record and all that stuff. I think KU at last check when I checked it was about a seven point favorite. Um, have you paid any attention to Kentucky? How have they looked? It's always hard with them early in a year uh, to know like what they've done and and how they look. They're, they've always obviously got talent. So let's see. They've won a couple of games. They've beaten New Mexico State by 40, A&M Commerce by 20. So they haven't been really tested yet. Um, it is still seven. But I kind of like Kansas on that seven points. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, so do I. And, and I think that with Kentucky, obviously, one of the big narratives for a while has been what is Jan- John Calipari's future look like in Lexington? Uh, and I know that a portion of the fan base – you know, they've gotten a little disillusioned with Calipari and all of that. So, you know, I think that's kind of what I've been paying attention to with this team, at least for this season, because I do think that it's a critical year for Calipari and for uh, Kentucky to have a good year. Well, let's get a scout on Kentucky. We know Shreyas Lada has checked into them. Uh, Jad will hit the music, and here comes our KU Insider. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the KU football and basketball beat writer from the Kansas City Star, Shreyas Lada. All right, Shreyas, KC Star, what do you know on Kentucky? Let's let's get that right out of the way here off the top. The Wildcats any good this year? Uh, they have a lot of youth, a lot of uh, talent that's probably going to be in the uh, NBA draft in the next couple of years. Justin Edwards is the projected top 10 pick. Uh, a lot of great young guys. Uh, they don't have a, a ton of bigs that are playable right now. I think Hunter Dickinson can feast there. Uh, I think one of the guys is coming back actually for this game. Uh, but this this team is just really young. I think they have only one player, uh, Reeves, who's played in the Champions Classic before. And just overall, uh, they have a lot of young talent, but not a ton of experience. Shreyas, what's your expectation in this game tonight? What does Kansas have to do? Uh, to, to win, to look impressive uh, in this victory. Is it a Hunter Dickinson game, like you mentioned, uh, with, with Kentucky not having um, a lot of extremely talented bigs? Is that kind of what you're looking at for tonight? Yeah, I, it's definitely Hunter Dickinson having a good game. Uh, but I think the big thing for KU is going to be on the defensive end, they want to stop these great individual scorers, like Bill Self said yesterday. Uh, these guys can score the heck out of the ball. So if you limit... Kentucky's transition opportunities, limit them in uh, fast breaks. I think that's huge because they're an athletic team. They're a young team, and they're playing on neutral ground for the first time in their career, really, a lot of these guys. And, you know, it's going to be probably a split crowd because Kentucky, you know, it's not too far from uh, Chicago. So I'm expecting Kansas to win this game because of the experience factor and the fact that these guys have done it before. But I think Kentucky can give them a fight just because of the, the natural talent uh, that Kentucky has. Shreyas, KU through the openers, I mean, we're seeing exactly what we want to, right? There's not a lot to sort out, I suppose, other than who will be the fifth starter and how many guys is Bill Self going to take into the rotation. When we look around the country, there may not be a team that we already know as much about as we know about KU. But, you know, as we make our way through this brutal schedule that they're going to play, like, what are you looking for still? I I feel like we kind of know what we're going to get out of KU this year. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is how are the new guys adjusting? How are guys like Marco Jackson, Jamar McDowell, Furphy, and and Nick Timberlake, how are their roles, uh, you know, slowly adjusting? How how is KJ Adams 
you know, adjusting to playing the four alongside Hunter Dickinson. Uh, one of those those things I think are important. How does KU's defense look against formidable teams? Uh, is the three point shooting a mirage, or is it for real? And how good is it, and will it falter at important moments throughout the season? Because this team, I think, you know, still lacks maybe one shooter. Uh, but with Furby, it looks like they have somebody who can shoot the heck out of the ball. And obviously, Timberlake, once he gets, gets his, I think, uh, stroke going and, and his confidence back a little bit, he's going to be great. Uh, so just those couple of things I think are huge. is role adjustments, how the new guys adjusting, and, you know, defense and three-point shooting. Sharice, it seems like every single season with this Jayhawks basketball team, we're talking about a player that – takes a big-time leap when they return to the program. A couple of years ago, it was Ochai Abaji. Last year, it was Jalen Wilson. This year, it's Kevin McCuller. How impressed have you been with the all-around play from McCuller and the way he's developed in this last year in Lawrence for him? I think he's been great. I mean, one of the biggest things I've noticed with Kevin is he's just confident. You know, he can score from anywhere on the floor. His three-point shooting looks better. I want to see it throughout the season because I think that's the one thing preventing him from being a late first rounder, early second round pick last year. And I mean, he's talked about that before and, you know, he feels like, you know, I feel like he feels like he's really adjusted to this still self system. You know, last year I felt like he had some issues with confidence and some of his uh, issues overall of just having to deal with adjusting to a new coach a new town, new city, new everything. Uh, And there were some moments where you felt like, that you know kind of dawned on him a little bit and then he dealt with some injury issues as well i think this year you can see how confident he is in his play on both of the court both ends of the court and it showed up because he's looked like the best player in kansas has had on that entire team with a guy like hunter dickinson coming in that's pretty impressive all right let's switch to football a little bit Trius here as we get ready for um well, the big one. And and the implications are there despite the Kansas State loss to Texas and despite the Kansas loss to Texas Tech. The Big 12 championship is, in theory, on the table still for both of these teams. The hype around this is going to be incredible. We heard Leipold say yesterday he's very optimistic Jason Bean will play. Are you Are you buying into that? Are you feeling that same sentiment? I know they don't have to tell us the truth about injuries, but do you think Bean <laughs> will be able to go? I honestly have no idea. I mean, I feel like every time whatever is said in a press conference, I just kind of now listen to it, think about it, and I was like, well, find out Saturday. You know, I mean, like we've heard so many different things with Jalen, and, you know, I don't know what is true and what's not true anymore. And uh, to be honest with you, you know, it's a good sign that Lance is optimistic, but he didn't practice yesterday, and uh, I think he said in uh, Hawk Talk or something like that that he isn't quite sure when he's going to be ready. But, you know, the big thing is you want to get Cole Ballard ready just in case. And, you know, Bean's had the last couple of weeks of first-team reps. So, you know, he's a, he has that, and I think they can throw him in if they need him, and he's ready to go. But uh, I, I honestly, it, it's, it could be anything because we, we still didn't get really clarification if it is – more like the specific injury, I don't know if it's concussion, anything like that. We just know it's a head injury when we ask. And, um, you know, I mean, to be quite frank, I guess we'll find out Saturday. My big uh, two takeaways from the Texas Tech game on Saturday, number one was how good Cole Ballard looked and how he was poised uh, and just had the air of confidence. And that's a tough thing to do when you're a freshman quarterback coming in cold 
you know, they had a chance to win that game behind Colt Ballard, and he aired it out throughout the game, and I thought he looked pretty solid. That was number one. Number two was how impressed I was with the Kansas defense from start to finish. I know they gave up that, that last drive that ultimately won the game for Texas Tech, but from start to finish, I thought they looked pretty solid too. What were your two, two big takeaways, both with Cole Ballard uh, coming in in relief of Jason Bean and the way the defense played? I was really, really impressed with both those things. I think Cole especially, I mean, he's a, a third-string walk-on freshman. You know, you don't expect him to go out there gunslinging it, and he was doing it from, you know, snap one. He was airing the ball out. He was using his feet when he needed to, got some key first down. I was, I felt like he played with no fear. You know, like there was no deer in headlights look for him ever. The one interception he had was because uh, a KU receiver tipped it and it got into the hands of Texas Tech. And, you know, there was a couple of big drops by these KU wide receivers, or his numbers would be even better, I think. We, you probably talk about him just passing 200 passing yards. I was really, really impressed. And I, I came out of there thinking, wow, they might have found something with Cole Ballard. And, you know, I'd heard good things about him from some of the players, you know, leading up throughout the season, how they said he's a real, you know, quarterback and he, he's good and stuff like that. But just hearing Rich Miller and some of these other guys raving about him afterwards tells you, Kansas might have a future with Cole Ballard at quarterback in the coming years. And then just looking at the defense, I was really impressed. They did a, a tremendous job. They gave Kansas a chance to stay in the game when the offense was struggling. I mean, the offense had never been shut out all year uh, in either half. And uh, I think they did a great job of, you know, limiting Texas Tech's quarterback and, you know, run games, even though had its moments, I think they did a good, pretty good job stopping it overall I think they did as well as you could have hoped they could have played obviously it was a tough last 30 seconds but that's prevent defense and stuff like that happens all the time and um, you know I think Kansas's defense has taken such a step forward from last year that Brian Borland and Lance Leipold can pat themselves on the back a little bit because they have done a great job and they've kept themselves in games that they have no business being in throughout the year uh so K-State Trees comes in as an eight-point favorite. It's where it is. It's bounced around a little bit. I, I think that this is a matchup that favors K-State. I get it. Um, what What is the key for Kansas, do you think? Not knowing who's going to play quarterback or whatever. What What is the key for Kansas to be able to win this game at home? I think the big thing is no mistake on the offensive end. You know, you can't turn the ball over. Whether it's Jason Bean or it's Cole Ballard, you can't turn the ball over. Uh, on, on the flip side, you know, alongside that, you know, K-State does a pretty good job of limiting teams on the ground. I think they only let teams uh, run for like 3.9 yards per carry. So you need to get Devin Neon Highshaw going just so you can take some pressure, whether it's Bean or, or Ballard, it doesn't matter. You want to take some pressure off the quarterback. You want to run some options and Wildcat. You got to go a little, uh, I think Andy's going to have to go in his bag of tricks and pull some things out there. On the flip side, the defense is going to have its its uh, work cut out for them against Will Howard, and I think you know you'll probably see some snaps with Avery Johnson just to give some looks to confuse the Kansas defense. Uh, so they have to be ready for both quarterbacks. Uh, I think they really do need to take advantage of the fact that if they have a ball where they look like they're going to get an interception, they got to get the interception. Like there was a couple of times in the Texas Tech game, I think that they could have really turned the momentum around where they dropped a pick or two. And I was like, oh man, like that might've been a pick six. And, and those type of plays, 100% building momentum for this Kansas team as we've seen throughout the year. 
And I think that's super, super huge. So if there are opportunities to, you know, make, take advantage of Kansas State mistakes, that's what they need to do. Uh, so, you know, limit mistakes in the offensive end, get the run game going. On the flip side, you got to make Will Howard's life uncomfortable. You got to get pressure into through the interior. Uh, you need to make sure that you take advantage of the fact that any errant balls thrown are picked off. Shreyas, I, I heard Lance Leifold talk about, I believe it was yesterday, uh, about how he had a bad experience, I think at Buffalo, or maybe it was at Wisconsin Whitewater, from a, a senior night, and how there was so much emotion going into the game that the team kind of came out flat and didn't play well, and he wants to avoid that with the Jayhawks this weekend. There is so much going on with this game. The Sunflower Showdown, both of these teams are good. The, the streak is at, is at stake. Uh, that Kansas State has over Kansas at senior night. And then you add on the fact that, you know, it's it's a primetime game and it's the final home game for Memorial Stadium as we know it before all the renovations. What's the risk in your mind of the Jayhawks getting too caught up in everything external and not focusing in on the actual game? Uh, I, I, I think low. I feel like this team knows – you know, that they need to bounce back from this Texas Tech game. And Lance talked about how focused and, and, you know, processing, uh, you know, processed well they were on Sunday when they practiced. He said he was impressed by that. I asked him actually, like, you know, how do you kind of keep the nerves and anxiety out? And he was like, well, they should be anxious. They should play loose. They should be out there playing their best football because in a, in a sense, it's like you got nothing to lose, right? You've already lost 14 times with these guys. So, you know, they're down to the third string quarterback potentially. So they should really come out with, yes, we want to win this game, but there is an opportunity here to close the gap. And they've talked about, you know, not skipping steps, not, you know, going from A to D. And, you know, I think another thing this year is whether it's a win or a one score loss, you know, I think that's a big sign of progress for Kansas because they haven't had a one score game since 2018 against Kansas State. You know, and that was before Lance was around. All right, Shreyas, uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a big-time game. Before that, though, we have a big-time basketball game tonight. Uh, you can find Shreyas's work on social media at SHRE98. You can find his work at the KC Star, reporting on both men's basketball and football. Shreyas, we appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on with us and, uh, and maneuvering around the schedule to get us in this week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. There goes Lotta. I can't, I, you know, I, I don't think there has been, I mean, it's an obvious statement. Even last year, like, there hasn't been a Sunflower Showdown football game we've been more excited about since I've been here, since I've been in this part of the world. So this, I'm, I'm, I'm jacked up for that. You get the late kick, you get all the things, the window, the national audience, all of that stuff. And Tommy, you get two coaches that, probably going to be in the mix for that A&M job. Let's talk about that next. I, I think they're both in the mix. This <laughs> is uh, butt puckering time for KU and K-State fans with that A&M job open. We'll talk about it. Sports Daily rolls on right after this. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. 
Tommy. No, Jake Bobrock, Tommy Caster here. Jad Chambers producing. Tommy. Leipold and Kleiman are going to be candidates for this A&M job. They're both mentioned by all the people that follow this. Uh, one or the other or both. They both are good fits. And that's the kind of job that can lure anybody away at any point. They lured away Jimbo Fisher from Florida State after he won a national championship there. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I, I just, I'm concerned, and I don't know the way a and going to go with this. You know, Elko makes sense because he spent time there, but he's also connected to Fisher, so do they go that route? I don't know, man. I know you're downplaying that these guys are coming from the Big 12, but they are, they are literal perfect fits. Both of them are. And A&M is going to get anybody they want. I just don't see A&M going that direction because they can get anybody <sighs> that they want. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. You know, I know that Dan Lanning said that he was going to stay at Oregon, that he's not interested in going anywhere, so he's off. I don't think Dan Lanning would go. Yeah, I, he's I agree off the with table. That. Um, I just I, I think that they're going to want somebody like Elaine Kiffin type or you know Mike Elko type somebody with connections to the SEC I just I have a hard time believing that either one of those guys will be seriously pursued by A&M I think they might interview they might get an interview but I mean I just I have a hard time thinking that that's going to happen for either one of them look and these are hypotheticals and K-State and KU fans don't don't get all up in arms on this this is a compliment to both of these guys and the programs they're running right now i mean as much as anything else i think as we look at it let's say A&M does want one of them do you think they're both in a position to turn a job like that down probably not Pro- you know probably not i mean that's I, the again, terrifying I, I part i don't think that this is a um Leipold or Kleiman deciding to stay at Kansas or Kansas State situation. Like, that's not the right. way that I see this. I get what you're saying. I see it more of, I'm not sure A&M is going to go that direction. If they do, if they decide to go after Kleiman or Leipold, I think it's unlikely that they do. But if they do, yeah, at that point, 
I think that you you called it what butt pucker mode before the break. I yeah. would get in, I would get into butt pucker it, mode I think at that point, but I, I'm not there yet. I think it's time to pucker. I think it is. Lanning is the only slam dunk right that would be the guy, and if he's not it. Elko may be it, but do you distance yourself from the Jimbo Fisher time if you're A&M? Possibly. He's had a lot of success at Duke, and that's I, a I tough know, place I to know. win. He, he makes a lot of sense. Don't get me wrong. Lane Kiffin is a bit of a retread. They, they, like, I, if, if, if they wanted the right coach, they would go after one of these guys. Because at A&M, like, all the flair and flat, like, you don't need any of that at A&M. Right. You need program builder culture guy, coach, you know, number first and foremost. It's also a program that could drop mm. 15 million bucks to bring in Urban Meyer if they wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'd, they, they're they a lot like Texas in the sense that they do have, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way, like they do have a higher standard ethically than some schools that might be willing to do that for Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has indicated he doesn't want to do anything. Look, the, th- the reality is, and this is the bottom line is, A&M and Michigan State are very, 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 very different jobs in different situations. You know, you don't know if you're going to be able to keep up in recruiting at Michigan State. You will keep up. Kevin Sumlin and Jimbo Fisher have recruited and had top classes every year, forever. It's just, it's going, that part of it, it doesn't take care of itself, but it kind of takes care of itself at A&M. If A&M wants the right coach, they're going to go find a great football coach that's a culture guy. And the state of Kansas has two of them. And I do think it's butt pucker mode. And you better hope that they want somebody else. Because that's a job that's hard for anybody in the country to turn down. And it's open, and it's open early. Yeah, I'm not there yet with either one of these programs being concerned about either one of the coaches leaving. I'm just not. I I think it's a non-factor because I I think that A&M is going to go a different direction. They need to make a bigger splash, and there are bigger names than Leipold and Kleiman to make a splash. Uh, They made their splash. It didn't work. I don't know. I I got a bad feeling. 869-1240 will come back. Let's give away some movie tickets, Hunger Games tickets right now to the first caller, 869-1240. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.